Welcome in to another Old Soul, New Soul Astrology podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock, and we're going to kind of go back over. This is almost like you wonder how retro, how do you interpret retrograde? Like this, because a couple of episodes back, we dedicated two episodes to listener question about death in the chart, the symbolism of it, the ethics of it, etc. And we're going to tackle it again because somebody wanted to ask a clarifying question. And I get this because a lot of these concepts, in fact, when I first started with Robert in these practicums, they were going so fast that all I could do was record it and then I would have to go back and dissect it in my notes so that I could absorb it. So, folks, don't forget your rewind button on these or the review button or the just go back and listen again and again. Take notes because a lot of times this stuff does go by very fast. But specifically, here is the question. Hello, Thomas. L here. I have a two-part question for you, and it relates to your most recent podcast with Robert Glasscock on death and astrology. Just trying to better understand the formula, if you will, that he described. You take the sign on your eighth house, for me that's Sagittarius, the planet that rules that is Jupiter, and then I believe what he said is you take the solar arc progressed Jupiter, in my case, and see when does that conjunct your natal ascendant. What a great question, Il. Um, I'll tell you, the example that I was giving from my own chart worked very simply because, for example, I have Leo on my eighth house, so the sun rules death in my chart. And the sun is something you always want to consider in death anyway. There really is no formula. I know that I made it sound like one. Because in my chart, it was very simple. I simply looked at where my solar arcs today are, and I noticed where my solar arc sun is. And I thought, well, this is interesting. It's going to conjunct my ascendant at age 92. And it's the ruler of my eighth house of death. Now, when you're looking at death generally, it's not that simple. Certainly you do want to check the ruler of the eighth house. In your case, it's Jupiter. But it doesn't have to be making an aspect to the ascendant alone to indicate death. Jupiter could be in an aspect to Uranus, which could indicate death. It could be in an aspect to Saturn, which could indicate what you want to do really to start is to look at the birth chart and estimate the strength of the life force. And that's the sun sign. The sun is strongest in fire signs. Second strongest in air signs. This is the vitality, the life force. Third strongest in water signs and fourth strongest in earth signs. So there's more resistance to the voltage, if you will, in earth signs. They're the most physical of the signs. Now, there are exceptions to these rules, even though the sun is at its, quote, weakest in an earth sign. Capricorn sun signs are notoriously long-lived. Can be, depending, of course, on the chart. Everybody is different. So you want to estimate the strength. If you think of the sun as the voltage and you think of the moon as the amperage, which can damp down or increase the, the flow of the voltage, 
Then you have a combination of here is the life force strength, which is shown in the sun archetype. And here is the health archetype shown in the moon and its archetype. So longevity and health are not necessarily connected. You can be sick every day of your life and live to be 102. And you can be healthy every day of your life and drop dead at 50. So those two things are not necessarily right. So it becomes not a formula, but a real study of the horoscope. How strong is this person's life force? What sign is the sun in? What house is that sun in? Is it in a strong house? Is it angular? Is it succeedant? Is it cadent? What, what sign is on the eighth of death? What sign is on the sixth of health? So you're estimating, you're looking at a whole bunch of factors in a horoscope before you ever get to trying to figure out the expected longevity and death. But you can do it. Now, predicting death is a whole other thing, <laughs> especially predicting the death of yourself or a loved one until you get, you get familiar with this. I was able, I was 50 years old at this time, though, but I could see in my own horoscope, it looked to me like my mother and my stepmother, who were 10 years apart, and I loved them both, uh, my stepmother had been my stepmother for something like 27 years at that point. But I could look in my chart and see that it looked to me like both of them could die in about three years. And that kept sort of playing on me to the point where I, that was one of the big factors in my moving back to Arkansas to be there for that and them. And indeed, they did die in three years. So it's a very tricky thing to do. It's not so much a trick to predict it and see it as it is to convey the information to somebody with any true purpose. Many, many times people will ask about death when there really is no serious need for them to know. But there are no cut and dried formulas. I wish there were, but I hope at least, L, I've gotten you kind of on the path of how to think your way through examining it. And other planets than the sun can certainly show death coming to the ascendant or aspecting some of your personal planets. And it's, so it's a much more complex question. Death is really for a, a podcast, I'm afraid, but at least this can get you started. Do you answer if somebody booked you for a reading and said, Robert, I want you to tell me what it looks like? what my death looks like in the chart. Oh, your death? You no, know, what you can do, though, Thomas, is you can talk about what kind of a death. I have Leo on the eighth house. I'm right away, you're going to ask about this guy's cardiovascular system. And then you're going to look at the chart. You're going to see the sun rules his eighth of death. The sun is conjunct Neptune. Uh, that's drugs and alcohol and tobacco, smoking, drinking, all of that stuff. So you're going to warn that person. If you go down that road, you're going to get into trouble. You're going to have liver problems and all sorts of other health problems, lung problems, COPD, yada, yada, yada. So you can do that with it and point out things to look out for that are going to affect your health. And you can take steps to change those habits or drop them like I did. You have to. If, if you love yourself enough to go on living, come on. 
Because these habits can get very destructive, and not only to you and your health, but to relationships and to your finances and everything else. They're incredibly self-destructive. And of course, in alcohol and, and certain drugs, they're physiologically addictive too. So they're a fascinating challenge to have in life. And those things you absolutely can see in horoscope. I will probably die in my sleep, and I think consciously. Now, my mother died at 80 in her sleep, went to work the last day of her life, came home, went to bed, never woke up. Perfect way to go. Yeah, I was going to say, that'd be all right with me. My father, I was on his deathbed with him. We probably had the best conversation we ever had, but he told me he was terrified of dying, terrified of it, ashamed to admit that he was so terrified he had called the town shrink to come talk to him. And I asked him if it did any good, but he went out so slowly because he was so terrified of it. And I've had experiences without a body and so on, starting at 26 in my life. So my familiarity with that, plus reading a ton of information on these things, but my own experiences showed me that they are telling you the truth when they say you don't die. That's true for me. So my interest in dying is uh, much like Steve Jobs dying. His sister wrote an article for Esquire magazine. She held his hand as he was dying. And so she, she wrote about what it was like for him. And I think it'll probably be uh, much the same for me. Now, here's another thing I got to tell you. The first thing I knew from my chart when I got into it in 1965, I have a great chart for death by drowning. Well, believe it or not, at 41 years old, I was on location in Palm Beach, Florida, at the Breakers Hotel, being paid for by Universal. I almost drowned in the ocean, knowing this is in my horoscope, and I love to swim when I was, because I love the water, but I had gone out and was sitting on one of those nylon ropes and staring back at the coast and at the hotel and just gentle rolling waves. And finally, I had enough, shoved off to go back in, and a rolling wave took me under, and I couldn't touch bottom. And when I surfaced, I got about a half a gulp of air, and it took me under again and again, no bottom. And I thought, I'm going to have to scream for help. The third one took me under, and then I touched bottom, and I staggered back in and thought, don't it? Now, death by drowning can also be by pneumonia. See what I mean? So as, as you get into astrology, learn a bit more about medical astrology and so on, then you can begin to get a little more detailed and a little more confident about what you're reading, what you're seeing. So having known all of that about myself, I stopped drinking Years ago, I stopped smoking. Years ago, I have a little COPD. I always will have it. It won't progress because I don't smoke anymore and haven't in years. But nonetheless, I have Gemini on my sixth of health. What do you want to know? The lungs. Did I listen when I was 20 and 21 and stopped smoking then? No. <laughs> so astrology can absolutely talk about your probable death if you do nothing about it. And that's true for all astrology. I have a lousy chart for marriage. Well, is that my fate or can I do anything about it? I tried. <laughs> Turns out, and I didn't know it until 50, I, a, a relationship is less important to me than my work. But I couldn't admit that years younger, you see. So you grow, you learn. I wanted to ask you one clarifier here. L mentioned Jupiter being on the cusp of the eighth house. 
Jupiter obviously rules two signs. So what do you do about dual rulership? Which one goes first? It doesn't matter that they go first. It does. Jupiter is the old Chaldean rulership of both Sagittarius and Pisces. So, and, and you and I and all these other people in these practicums, you know, at Kepler have seen the role that Jupiter often plays in debts, for example. It's not, you don't see this in the books, but it does. It's there. Jupiter co-rules two houses in everybody's chart. And, and one of those houses in her chart is death, her eighth house. Well, if she has Sag on the eighth and she has Pisces on the 11th, now, you can interconnect those two houses uh, in a lot of ways through the financial aspects of it, which will also be eighth house, legacies and states her own and so on. So there are a lot of ways to bring into the, the dual rulership of planets into death. But the prominent question is about my death, which is not the 11th house, even though Jupiter rules it. It's the eighth house. And secondarily, the fourth house, the end of the matter. Now, I think it was Mark Edmund Jones who distinguishes the eighth house is the manner of death. The fourth house is the disposition of the body. <laughs> and interestingly enough, I have Aries on my fourth house, and I'm going to be cremated. And we will put Robert's natal chart in the show notes so that you can see what he's referencing here because he does talk about it. So that download or that you can view it by clicking the link in the show notes. And now here is the second question. Can you see your own death in somebody else's chart? Let me give you an example. My husband has the moon and Venus conjunct almost exactly at one degree Aquarius. So we know what that means right now. Pluto is uh, conjuncting very close back and forth until 2026. I've read all the cookbook interpretations of that, both the moon and Venus. And of course, they all point to a potential literal death. All right. Great question, which I'm sure everybody who gets into astrology at some point or another wants to know the answer to. This is so tricky. Uh, she's talking about her husband's chart with his moon and Venus, which is women, the wife, at one degree Aquarius, now being transited by Pluto back and forth, back and forth over this point. Now, now certainly, death is one of the meanings of Pluto. So your mind instantly, at least mine does, go. Pluto also rules extremes, extremes of experience. So my mind instantly, I've got Capricorn rising. What's the worst that this can mean? It can mean the death of somebody because Pluto's transit carries that death and rebirth theme with it. But here's the thing with death. We all come under death aspects about three times a year and we don't die. Remember that. Three times a year we come under death aspects and we don't die. Now, here's one of the reasons why we don't. If you're having death aspects and you're on the ground fighting in the Middle East or in the Ukraine or anywhere else, if you're at war and you come under those aspects and you're in the field, suddenly the odds increase that you could get seriously hurt, which can be Pluto as well, and surgery involving shrapnel and all that, you could be seriously hurt or killed. Whereas if you're sitting at home at your desk and you're working remotely and you're coming under those death aspects, you're unlikely to have a death. Now, that's just straight logic and probability. Second of all, you can look at a chart 
like your husband's and go, all right, he's got the moon and Venus in Aquarius. And we know from medical astrology that Aquarius rules the circulatory system. It's on the fixed axis, which is Aquarius, Leo, Taurus, and Scorpio. That has to do with the cardiovascular system first. So you want to explore, is there a family history of heart trouble or does the husband even? have heart trouble? Is he overweight? Does he have high blood pressure? You start asking these kinds of questions because you're trying to estimate the seriousness. And it may not be serious at all. The guy may you know, be one of these people that's in great shape, uh, takes care of himself. But nonetheless, the Venus-Moon conjunction in Aquarius, if it has any hard aspects at all, will point to the probability of a genetic predisposition toward heart and circulatory problems, which can include stroke, sudden deaths. So the point is not to worry overly about the Pluto transit over your husband's moon and Venus. It will tend primarily to work out through the relationship, through the marriage, also through your own work and career and his own work and career, and there can be some stresses involving those things, but it can also mean the two of you are about to start some whole new phase of your life. Depends on your ages. An aspect like this could mean, my God, are we pregnant? <laughs> Do we want to be? That's a big change in life. Or it can mean loss of a job, suddenly forcing one or the other of you to make some career decisions, which during the course of making those decisions, you realize, oh my gosh, it's going to be advantageous to move, to relocate. Boom, a whole new way of life from that transit of Pluto. So it doesn't necessarily mean death at all. What it does do, it, because it's going over Venus and the moon, it says that the marriage itself is undergoing a major change a lot of elements that are below have been below the surface are now coming to the, and this can be very positive and very constructive or it can be threatening but generally it indicates that both partners are unconsciously yearning to start a new way of life and the question becomes together or separately and you hope it's together you hope that the goals are compatible and so on. But that's what that aspect really means. Now, death is going to show up in anybody's chart who's close to you. What death is, is a separation. And divorce is also a separation. So that's about as far technically as you should go with your cosmobiologist and Reinhold Ebertine in Germany. You can look at an aspect like this. Well, this period in this year looks like there might be a major separation or break in a relationship. Well, what does that mean? Well, it could mean that the two of you maybe get divorced, or it could mean, depending on the husband's health, it could mean death. If you, So you have to explore rather than just flat saying, oh, this is going to mean this. It doesn't mean the same thing in everybody's chart. never does. Quite. The themes are always the same. The archetypes are always the same meaning. But there are several ways that those meanings can work out through events. 
So if you concentrate on the event and trying to get that right, as opposed to concentrating on the energies going on, the, the, the real question in a situation like that, for example, hypothetically, it doesn't matter in one sense whether the partner dies or they get divorced. Either way, the marriage is over. And that's what the person is having to deal with. And in some ways, honestly, death and loss of a partner that way can actually be easier than losing a, per a partner through divorce because they're still alive and there's always the back of your mind maybe we'll reconnect or if it was a really bad marriage a violent marriage is oh maybe he'll find me again you live in terror but death is final in that way and so that's that frankly the the pluto going over the moon and uh, venus together can indicate that what is coming up for you two in this marriage is a very pleasant and positive opportunity to remake this marriage in a completely new direction. I don't know if either one of you are thinking about some form of entrepreneurship or self-employment, but something like that, especially if you were to do it together, a business together, would be incredibly healthy for the two of you, especially if it takes you both off on a new adventure in life, which is what you really want. What I foresee on their behalf is that they buy a Sprinter van and they travel around the United States for the next five years. <laughs> How about that? Do you know of a Sprinter van for sale? Al, if you are interested, leave me another message and I'll send you the details on mine. <laughs> there you go. So we're turning this into Craig's place. Yes, we are. Well, we just did for a minute. Just for Al. For a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Robert. Great explanation, L. Thank you for that question. If you'd like to send one in, that button that we're talking about is up at the top left of the funastrology.com website. All of the details of everything we have going on around here are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next release of Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <laughs>